What's going on, guys? Welcome to the UFC Fight Night Covington vs. Woodley preview show. I'm your host, Ryan Galloway. Joining me, as always, Jordan Ellis. And Jordan, we have an awesome card for us today. Um, probably one of the better ones we've had this year, even, and especially over the last month or so. We're about to head off to Fight Island, but before we do, uh, this is the final card in Las Vegas, and it looks to be a good one. What are your thoughts on this card overall? Yeah, I was just looking to do now. It's it's um it's definitely stacked the main cards really stacked. So it's um brilliant main event. Then you've got a few fights underneath that are really good, and then an undercard that's you know you know full of you know, young talent that we'll get to see as well. So it's a great way to just sign off the the whole Las Vegas thing. It's it's been a good little run. We've had some fights where they haven't been great, but UFC have ca- carried on churning them out, and and even last week people weren't too happy with that. Um. That that main event with Hillen against Waterson, people weren't happy with that one, and it was an absolute, you know, one of the best women's fights of all time. So you never know, and um, this card has got all the ingredients to be great, and it's just yeah, a great way to sign off um, Las Vegas. Absolutely, and obviously the main event is probably the biggest part of that. Uh, a fight we've all wanted to see for a while now. It's meant to happen a couple of years back when Woodley was still champ, uh, but obviously it didn't, and Usman ended up getting the shot and getting the win there. But finally, we get to see Tyron Woodley face Colby Covington. Uh, although this time, Covington's the, the first name on the bill there, the A-side. So, uh, yeah, this fight is... I would say it's interesting, but I feel like we've seen this fight already twice now with a pressure fighter fighting Woodley where they're going to come forward, they're going to have a lot of wrestling, uh, like I said, pressure, and they're going to try and look for a takedown. I don't even know if Covington's going to look for a takedown. All I know is he's going to keep coming forward and he's going to push Woodley on the cage. And the question is the same question we had in the Usman fight and the same question we had in the Gilbert Burns fight. Can Woodley let go of his hands and land a big shot? And I think it's really likely he can in this, but it was also likely he could in his last two, and he didn't. So it's a hard one for me to break down because I feel like I've already broken it down twice. What are your thoughts on this? I just think, you know, Woodley being the the main guy now, it just shows you how times have changed. You know, Woodley, um, Woodley's lost the spot. Covington's now, you know, the number one guy, number one contender pretty much, and and Woodley's been degenerating, really. He's, I think Covington's deservedly a massive favourite. It'll be interesting to see how he looks after Usman lost, just because it, it was a tough fight. He broke, apparently broke his jaw. And um, it'll be see like see if he has any type of hesitation moving in. But I kind of expect him to win the fight with the volume strikes. I can see him dominating, potentially even getting a finish, or maybe just you know beating the brakes off Woodley for, for 25 minutes. Um but despite how poor, well, yeah, it has been poor. Despite how poor Woodley's look lately, it's hard to fully discount him because he's kind of got that Robbie Lawler thing going on where he's a bit hesitant to throw his shots. But unlike Robbie Lawler, he's got that one punch knockout power where he only needs is one good shot and his career's back on track. And that's why it's so hard to write Woodley off because he's never been the most. Um, he's always been a bit gun shy. And he's a bit more gun shy now than he has been in past years. But it's just so hard to count him out. So as long as he's in the fight, he's got a chance with that what with that power he's got. Uh, but I do expect Covington to kind of do what Usman's done, what Baines has done, and maybe even go one better and actually get the stoppage. I don't see a stoppage happening in this fight from Covington, to be honest. Um, I don't think his submission game is good enough to get one on the ground. And I just can't see him having the power to put Woodley away with one shot. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm I a big uh, Woodley fan, as you can tell. I wore the shirt today uh, in the honor of the former <laughs> champion. And I think just because of the animosity between these two, I think he's going to be aggressive. I think he's going to come forward. I hope he's going to come forward. I hope he does. If he goes backwards, he loses this fight. That's the thing. Because when he's going backwards, his only hope is landing that big right hand. If he comes forward and puts the pressure on Colby, then he has more chance to set up his shots, more chance of landing that big right hand. And to be honest, he's probably got more chance of stuffing the takedowns coming forward as opposed to going backwards and being put on the cage. So I think his keys to victory will be to come forward. Or to land that right hand. I, I can't see him out-wrestling Covington. I mean, look at what Usman did to him. He just took him down at will and just grinded him out on the ground. You look at Burns. Burns was able to take him down a couple of times. But even when he wasn't taking him down, he was just beating him up on the feet because of the hesitancy to let go of his hands. So if I'm betting with my heart, I'm taking Woodley. If I'm betting with my mind, I'm taking Covington in this one. I just don't I don't see Woodley coming forward at all. I, I don't think we've seen him you know, come forward and, and put it on someone in years, even when he was a champion. Mm-hmm. When he knocked out Dorantilli, he was still backing up to the cage. It's just about landing that one shot and then he can get his game throw. Even when he won the title, he was backing up and then steamed forward. So you you want them flurries from him. You don't want him to change his game too much. Um, it just, it's just about being on it. And the reason that's why I say Covington might get the stoppage is just because he's Woodley's lost 10 rounds badly on trot. You know, when he's into round three and round four and he's, you know, he's on his way to 40 years old, it might just be, you know, get me out of there. You know, at this point, you know, he's and, and taking these beatings and, and, you know, they are bad beating because he's losing every second of every round in the last two fights. And if it goes that way against Covington, I can just kind of see him folding. And, it, and I think that'll be the end um, at the top. I think there's much easier fight for Woodley than this. I think he probably should have took a step or two down. But he's, he's a champion. He wants to be a champion again. And, you know, beating Covington, if he's able to just crack Covington with one shot, I think he's he's back in the mix. He's the number one contender. You could see him, you know, back in there with Woodley or Burns or whoever. Or it would probably be Edwards because I don't think anyone wants to see them fight yet. But he's back in the mix, whereas a loss is is detrimental, really. Yeah, I agree. I think the losses are pretty much cool it a day, right? If you lose this one, you're gonna end up being a stepping stone for more guys. Um, which is lucky to get this fight, to be honest. After losing to Burns, they could have easily thrown him down there against like. Uh, I don't know, the Jeff Neals or the Neil Magnies or, um, but they gave him, this is a good fight for both guys. Obviously, there's a lot of background to it. Um, but like you said, I think that if he does get this win here, he's going to have, he'd be one fight away from a title shot. If they don't just give him a title shot, who knows? Maybe they just decide we'll give him a rematch, especially if Burns wins. Maybe they want a fresh challenger for Burns. Like, and there's no one really around the title shot area. Edwards isn't one. Edwards needs another fight, let's be honest. Edwards isn't getting a title shot. Regardless of who wins this title fight between Burns and Usman, Edwards is not getting the next shot. Um, Masvidal's around there. Uh, but yeah, I think whoever it is that wins this fight, uh, Colby or Woodley, will realistically have to fight a Masvidal or an Edwards to get a title shot. And yeah, this is definitely a win, like a, a must-win fight for Woodley, whereas Colby loses this one. They'll probably put him against Wonderboy or something like that. You know, they'll give him a, another top guy. Whereas if Woodley loses this one, that's three top guys in a row. See you later. Yeah, and the thing about Covington, his a rematch against Usman is very sellable. It was one of the best fights mm-hmm. of last year. 
um, uh, and a fight against Burns is very sellable. So I could actually see him getting the next shot if he wins. Um, whereas you know Woodley is he's gonna have to win at least one more, or he's gonna have to hope that someone else becomes champion before he gets a shot. Because what where, how do you sell a fight against Usman or Burns? Because neither of them were really fun fights either. It was just someone getting a beaten and and you getting dominated really. So. And it's also interesting from the Leon Edwards' point of view is that Covington has chose to fight Woodley, who's on a, a terrible losing streak right now, rather than fight Edwards. No no one really wants Edwards, and I don't think it's because he's super, um, you know, he's too talented and people avoid him. I just think people aren't interested, in, and the American fighters seem to, seem to think that Edwards has no value to them. So... Edwards is going to have to go out there and earn everything he gets. No one's going to give him, and he needs another win. I hope he fights Wonderboy next. I think that's a, a great fight, and I think that would be enough to get him a title shot. So it's it's an interesting time at welterweight, and um, this is a very interesting fight because there's so much on the line. Because um, although it, it it's detrimental for, for Woodley's career as a whole, Covington can't be losing this fight because Usman and Burns have dealt with him so easily. So mm-hmm. if Covington doesn't deal with Woodley in a similar fashion, what his position in the in the division? It's it's not good. So, you know, it's a huge huge fight. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that. Uh, but obviously, the co-main event's also in the welterweight division. Uh, this one against the number fourteen ranked Don Cerrone, who blows my mind by still being ranked. I had no idea he was still ranked. And Nico Price, who was ranked not too long ago, if I remember correctly, and he lost to Luke. Um, but obviously, the winner of this is going to be probably number 15 slot in the division after this. Uh, or, if, sorry, if Cerrone wins, he'll probably stay 14, maybe go up a couple. Um, but, yeah, not the most uh, influential fight ranking-wise, but definitely an awesome matchup. Both guys like to stand there and bang. Uh, Nico Price, been finished before. Cerrone, definitely been finished before. Cerrone, more to the end of his career, I'd say. Price, kind of near the start. He's been around a little bit, but he's, he's still got a while to go. I have to take Price in this fight. I just think Cerrone's, in his last few fights, he's just not been the most durable fighter. And Nico Price throws weird stuff at you. He comes full straight forward and he'll land something. If he can't land something, he'll get pull off a submission. And he's a fast starter, whereas I think Cerrone doesn't start too fast. So I see Price getting this done quite early. What are your thoughts? I think it'll be pretty much the opposite. I've got the opposite on both ways, really. I think this is going to be fight tonight. I think... You might as well give both of these guys 50k right now because I think this is nailed on. This is what this fight's made to do. I also think that Cerrone, he hasn't looked great, but he's been facing the best of the best. So, um, Gaethje, Ferguson, Conor McGregor, it's hard to, you know, uh, even at his best, even in peak, Cerrone might have got stopped by them in the first round. So, I don't want to read into them too much. I've never seen Cerrone lose to a guy of Luke, um, of Price's level, I think. I think there is a couple of levels in this, and he hasn't looked great at welterweight, but I still fancy him to kind of get this one done. I expect it to be a good three-round war, though. I think I think both men will be trading shots all the way through. It'll probably be tight, but I expect Cerrone to, you know, peel off. But at the same time, as you said, Cerrone does seem to be coming towards the end, and if Price can just catch up to him and, and land one of his heavy or unorthodox strikes he can get it done and and for him it's a huge opportunity because so far he hasn't been able to prove himself at this level and beating Cerrone would be a huge win the biggest of his career so it's it's a massive opportunity on a massive stage for Price so I'm just really looking forward to this fight but what I think is going to happen we're going to get a three round war and Cerrone will probably get his hand raised 
I hope so. I really do want to see a, th- a three-round war between these two guys because, like I said, both of them are going to want to brawl. Uh, Price is really interesting to watch on the feet, uh, where Soroni's just very technically sound. He's also fun to watch, but uh, for a different reason, I guess. So it's going to be a good fight either way, even if it's a quick finish. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting to see what happens. And like you said, this will really tell us where Cerrone is in his career. If he can still hang with the ranked opponents in the welterweight division, if he should go back to a lightweight again and fight through there. Because to be honest, he's had more success in lightweight than he has in welterweight, to be honest. Like, I mean, look at, he fought Ally Quinta and smashed him. And Ally Quinta's a top guy, well, was a top guy at lightweight. So now to t- take on someone like Nico Price, who's not even ranked at welterweight, you'd think, like you said, Cowboy can get this one done, but it will be interesting to see, um, and yeah, looking forward to that one, but before that, we have the fight that people are really speaking about as though it is the co-main event, even though it's not, we have Kazmat Shemaev coming back, had those two fights in the UFC, smashed both people, just dominated, had two strikes against him for whatever, how many, 128 or whatever, against Gerald Mearshart who I think people are really looking over in this one. People aren't really taking Mearshart too seriously, from my perspective, looking on Twitter and whatnot. Um, I can't see Chimaev taking Mearshart down and dominating him the way he has the other two opponents, right? I think for Chimaev to win this one, he has to keep it on the feet. To be honest, he's probably a better striker than Mearshart. Mearshart's not the best striker in the division by far. Uh, so I think on the feet... Kazmat may be able to outclass him, but on the ground, I just can't... I, I see Mishak catching a submission every time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this fight is, is purposely built, you know, for um, Chimiev to show off his striking. I think the one the UFC want him to, you know, to win this on the feet. I don't think... And that explains his next matchup against Meyer as well. They want to showcase his striking. They think it's there. And I and mean, first thing, Zerk, it's just great to see Jimmy F back. I think he's the most exciting prospect in MMA, bar none. He, I like the way he's fighting as much as possible. Although it is a bit disrespectful to Mearshart right now to be looking at that Damian Meyer fight, it's also just a, a sign of how Jimmy, how good Jimmy F is and how game he is. I like the way he's going between two divisions. I think welterweight's probably best for him. Um, Mershot's a live threat just because, as you said, he's going to be tough to take down. He's got submissions and um, he's a big guy and he's definitely better than uh, John Phillips and Reese McKee in terms of opponents and ma- matchup here. But uh, it's hard, it's hard to look past him. He's so, he's so on it right now. Uh, I don't want to discredit Mershot. I just think, um, I think Jimmy ever get it done. I think it might drag into the second or third round, but I think he'll ultimately get a stoppage in this one. And we're, we're going to see him on the feet, and he's going to he's going to show off that talent because I believe it's there from the, the stuff I've seen. He's got good hands and, and feet as well, so hopefully we. Get I to think see it. Uh, to be honest, I disagree with you a little bit. I think if Chimev wins this one by finish, I think it'll come early. I can't see him getting a late finish. I think if he's going to get a finish, he's going to steamroll Mershart real quick. Um, either tag him down and just beat him up to a TKO, which I really see unlikely because Mershart's such a good grappler. I can't. I think he snatches something up if it goes to the ground, but if it's on the feet. I think he can TKO Mershart the feet all day. I think he can probably knock Mershart out in one shot. Not that I've seen him strike, but from the clips I did see from his fight days and whatever promotion he was at before, he does have knockout power, and I think Mershart's easy to hit. I don't think he's the best striker, like I said before. Where his skills lie are in the grappling. So yeah, if Chimiev's going to get a finish, I see it being early. Otherwise, I see him going the full three rounds and winning a decision on the feet. But if this goes to the ground... Put money on that Mearshart submission. That's where, if I don't know what it's paying, 
But if it's paying good money, that's where you should put it because the chances of him pulling off a submission if this fight goes to the ground are extremely high. And that's the same as the Damian Meyer fight, which I have no idea. if They must know something we don't about Chimaev striking because if his grappling is his best asset, putting him against one of these guys, Mirshad or Meyer, is a terrible idea. So... To be honest, last final prediction, I'm taking Shumayev. I think he finishes on the feet or takes a decision. Yeah, that's going to be my, my my bet on that one. What do you think? Yeah, I'm thinking the first round, he's kind of going to be on the feet, looking quite flashy with the striking, and then ultimately in the second round, he'll probably catch him with something clean or maybe he just puts such a beat down on him that he falls to the floor. I think it's... Um, I don't think he... I don't see... I haven't seen anyway. Yeah, and we haven't seen anything of it. But from what I've seen, in terms of one punch knockout tie and Woodley type power, I don't think he's got that. But I think he's got clean, technical, flashy strikes, and it's just going to be a bit too much for Mershaw to, unless he can drag this fight to the floor. Um, yeah, I don't think he's got much of a chance. All right. Well, we had the new shiny prospect, and now we got the little weathered one that uh, everyone was hyped on about a year ago, and since then has. Uh, fallen off a little bit, but we got Johnny Walker against Ryan Spann, which in my opinion is a fight Walker has to win. This is a fight he must win, otherwise no one's going to care about it, and he's going to just, that'll be Walker's career done for, like, as a big name in the UFC, and I think it's a great fight for him. I think it's definitely winnable for him. Spam's someone who's going to stay on the feet with you. He's going to strike with you. Spam's not the kind of guy that's going to smash you and knock you out. Um, well, he, he can, but I, I see more likely Johnny Walker storming him, rushing him, and getting him out of there early with something weird like a flying knee or a spinning back fist or whatever. What are your thoughts on that fight? I think this is a, a perfect fight for Johnny Walker. I think it, it's made for him to come back and look great as as Michael Perra did the other day against him. I, have, I thought that was a perfect fight for him. This is a perfect fight for Walker. He's against Span, who... Is on quite a run, so it'd be a good win to get. But he, I seen him against Sam Alvey mm. last time out, and Sam Alvey has not been a presser of light heavyweight. He was on a three-fight losing streak, and Ryan Spann really struggled in that one. And um, it just it just fills me with confidence for Johnny Walker that he's going to go out and just blitz this guy. He's probably going to pick up a bonus. Everyone's going to be talking about Johnny Walker again. I do I do see similarities between Walker and Michael Pereira where. I think that the sim, they're both Brazilian, they're both flashy, they've both got all this potential in the world, but they haven't quite, you know, lived up to it yet. Or there's been a few holes, but I think Walker's going to be a guy after this event. A lot of people are going to be talking about again, and um, you know, it's good to see he's away at SBG now. I spoke to him not long ago. He's working hard. He, he's been doing, he's doing all the right things. So it's just you know, getting back in that win column so important. And as as you say, if he loses this one. I don't know what you do with Johnny Walker. Does he even he might even get caught if he loses this one? Because what's next for him? I don't know. But it, I expect him to KO him quite quickly and look spectacular doing it. Hey, if he gets cut, they'll pick him up in Bellator. So I don't think he's got too much to worry about there. Um, but yeah, I do think he's going to win this one. I think it will be something flashy. I just I don't see him as a top contender. I don't think he has the skill set to to go with those like top five guys. But he's still a fun fighter. Like he's one of those fighters like. When uh, what's that dude, Jiri Prochaska? When he came in the UFC, everyone's trying to match him with Walker, and that's ridiculous because he just beat Ozdemir. But if Walker can get a couple of wins together, I don't see why he couldn't make that fight, and that would definitely be a fun fight stylistically. You know, both guys unorthodox strikers with knockout power, so there's fun fights for him. Do I think he's going to fight for a championship? No. 
Can he beat Ryan Spam? Absolutely. We saw Spam against Sam Alvey. He didn't look great. I thought Alvey might have even won that fight. I don't think it was... Yeah, it was a decision, right? Yeah, split. Yeah, I thought um, Alvey looked better than him in that fight. And I don't think Alvey's anywhere near a top contender right now. Um, so, Joey Walker can win this fight. And, yeah, we'll see what happens from there. Because, like, I can't really tell you what they'll do with him or what will happen with either guy, to be honest. Yeah, I think once he, he does get this win and, and he gets a huge KO, all it takes is for people to forget them last two fights and he goes in against someone like Jiri and um, people will be pretty game for that. He's still young as well. I don't want to write him off in terms of being a champion. He's got big goals in his mind. He's, he's Every time we speak to him, he says, I want to be light heavyweight champion, then I'm going to go to heavyweight and I'm going to be heavyweight champion. So he's got... He's got Big goals, and he's he's training with the right people. He's been at SBG. He's been at um, with Farazi Zahabi. So mm-hmm. there's no reason why you can't bring these areas on. I think he's about 27, 28. So I'm just first things first. He's he's got to get a big win this weekend. He needs it so bad. So um, right now, I'm sure that's all he's focused on. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll move on. Before that, we have the women. Women's strawweight bout between Mackenzie Dern and Randa Marcos, which is essentially just a uh, Striker versus grappling matchup, right? Mackenzie Durham is a submission master. She's an expert at it. Uh, Dern, uh, I think she's got a decent ground game, but she's not anywhere near as like dangerous as Dern on the ground. So I think she's going to want to strike in this one. I think she's going to be the striker and trying to lead the dance. How do I see this one going? I think Dern takes it down and submits her. What do you reckon? I think this is a good fight. I think it's one of the, the closest fights on the card in terms of matchups. I really like Ronda Marcos. I've been watching it since the tough days, and I've never really seen her lose like to anyone who isn't a top contender. So I think Dan, she got that quick submission over Cyphers last time out, but in terms of competition, Cyphers is not top level, and I think Marcus is a, is a couple of levels above that now. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Dan can keep that momentum going, but I think... Marcus is, is I'm, I imagine she's the underdog and I expect it to be a very live underdog and I expect her, this to go to decision and her just eke it out. I think we're, we're looking at another really close fight, Roxanne by the fairy, Andrea Lee type fight where it's going to be close. I don't think it'll necessarily be the most exciting fight, but um, I think ultimately Marcus might actually pull it off in this one. So I'll be taking a look at them odds as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it is a quite a close matchup skill-wise as well because you look at both of them for... Uh... What's that chick's name? Amanda Rebas recently, and both of them went to a unanimous decision for Rebas. Obviously, they both lost. Um, but yeah, they're they're at that similar point in opponent, right? They both had a similar fight with her and lost, so they're about the same skill level wise. I think Dern's only got one loss from memory, and it's that fight. Um, and aside from mm-hmm. that, she's just submitted everyone or won a decision. So it's hard for me to bet bet against someone like that uh, when they're just such an ace on the ground, right? So. Yeah, I'm going to take Dern in this one. I think she'll submit her, but I'm not counting Marcos out. Anything can happen, right? Yeah, and just Marcos' record is usually decisions, I think, submissions, so, and that was, you know, four, four or five years ago. So um, she keeps developing, I think, while Dern has been off, you know, obviously getting a family together and having a baby, things like that. Marcos has been in the gym fighting, staying um, regular. I think Dern's had about a few minutes it's a fight time in so many years so it's it's um i like to pick the guy the the guys all girls who are active fresh dan had all that hype but it's kind of gone away right now and um she if she does submit marcos it's similar to johnny walker where 
then the Dane hype train starts rolling again because people were excited before about her before she went away. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll move on to the fight that opens the main card between Kevin Holland and Darren Stewart, and I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, so I did say if you can guarantee Cerrone and Price are going to get the 50k bonus, but if it goes your way and one of them gets a KO finish early, I'd ride this for, for, for a really fun fight. I think Holland's one of them guys who's like... um. He's MMA hardcore, you know, people people love him in the MMA community, that the hardcores love him because he's always game, he's always fighting, and he's got a really fun style, but I think it's it's gonna be dangerous against um Darren Stewart. I think I think he's gonna leave himself open and I think he might actually get KO'd in this one. Unless you're taking Stewart down and, and putting him on his back, I don't really, I, I don't see how he can avoid that power. And I think he uh, Stewart's got enough power to take him out. Well, thankfully for you, uh What's it called? Kevin Holland is a fantastic grappler, right? I don't know if you knew his background was from jiu-jitsu. So um, I reckon, to be honest, he probably does rely on that wrestling a bit here because Darren Stewart's really good at getting in the pocket and smashing someone, right? Landing a big shot. But where we saw him lose, uh, I can't remember who it was too recently. It was that Cage Warriors fight or whatever they did. Um, mm-hmm. He got taken down and worked on the ground. And Kevin Holland has the ability to do that. Will he try and stand with him and use his range? Possibly. Can he be KO'd if he does so? Absolutely. But I think if he, if Kevin Holland feels that he's in trouble on the feet, he's going to take him to the ground and work him and find a submission, uh, which might be his route to victory. So we'll see. I, I'm a bit torn because I think Kevin Holland seems like a guy with a lot of confidence. I think he's going to go out there thinking, I'm the bigger guy. I can outrange him. I can sit on the outside and pick him apart. He's got knockout power. We saw that in his last fight. Um, but yeah, if I'm him, the smartest way to get this done is to take Darren Stewart down. We've seen it's his weakness, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I, as I said, obviously I know he's got that background, but I just don't see him using it. I think he's quite happy. I think he's, I think he thinks he's a much better striker than Darren Stewart, and he's gonna sit in, he's gonna try and bop in, bop out. He's gonna look flashy. He's always wanting to put a fun fight on. I think that's his, that's why people like Holland. He is, he's a fun fighter to watch. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's gonna take him getting cracked before he he shoots for that takedown. And when he's got cracked, it might already be over because Stewart's a, a heavy hitter. Um, I think it'll be a fun fight while it lasts. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, I see Stewart getting the win, but I can see Holland, you know, doing what you say. Like he could take him down. Do I think he will? I don't think he will. Yeah, it'll be a fun fight anyway. I'm excited to see that one. And with that, that rounds out the main card. There's not a lot on the prelims, so I don't know if we want to touch on any of them. Is there any you were interested in? or Not particularly. This is a very top-heavy card. Absolutely. You know, very top, like it's heavy at the top. There's six brilliant fights. And then beyond that, you've kind of just got the... There's not much there. There's all they're all up and comers. So Aaron Rivera, he's a new, is he's quite new, um, one of the guys from the Contender series. It's yeah, there's not a lot. It's just about you know, it is a main card, top heavy card. But you know, I'm happy about that because last week was kind of the opposite, and a few times it's been the opposite. So. Mm. It's, it's good to have. Absolutely. Uh, there's not too much news to go through today. Uh, let me just have a look. Obviously, one of the bigger things was the whole uh, Dustin Poirier, Dana White, uh, Tony Ferguson little thing going on there where uh, obviously we th- last time we spoke, we said that uh, Dustin Poirier was out. Now Dana White's saying he's out. Tony Ferguson asked for him to come back in. Uh, Dustin Poirier wants back in. There's a little thing going on there. The question I have for you is, do you think Ferguson takes a fight with someone else or do you think he holds out and says, no, I want to fight Poirier and just Poirier? 
No, he takes someone else. I think right now there's someone on the table. Apparently, to Dana White, I don't think he's. I just think he need he wants to get back in there. Tony Ferguson's an animal. He he just wants to fight. He was doing shadow boxing in in the hospital when he had to go to fight. So I don't think it's he's got his heart set on fighting Dustin um, Dustin Poirier. I just think it's all about you know getting back in, getting a win under his belt, and getting back to the contenders um, stuff. So we've seen Dan Hooker's. Um, coach say he fancies that fight but he probably wouldn't advise his fighter to take then we haven't heard anything from Charles Oliveira so I think one of them two are probably on the table right now and we'll see Ferguson get announced against someone in the next few days yeah I'm at a different mindset I think he holds out I think he says I don't want anyone but Poya Poya said he I don't want anyone but Ferguson um, but yeah I just think what what does a fight against someone like Charles Oliveira do for Ferguson it's so high risk, so little reward. When you fight someone like Poirier, you're only fighting someone one like ranking above you, actually. So if you win it, you're the next title challenger. If you lose it, you're not going down too far. If he loses to someone like Charles Oliveira or Dan Hooker, he drops down some serious ranks after that. Not that I think he will. I'm a big Tony Ferguson fan, so I would have taken him in every fight. But I think it's a lot more risk in taking a fight against one of those guys, especially on short notice. What It would be less than three weeks if you took it now, wouldn't it? He's ready. He's in, he's being in camp. He's training for the fight. I think that's why he's taking it. He, I just Tony Ferguson is not like me or you. He doesn't think like that. He, like he's not thinking risk reward. He's thinking I I'm a fighter. I want to fight. Um, whereas Poirier is being a bit more, you know, a bit a bit more like us, where he's wanting that money now. He realizes that I'm getting in five round wars all the time. I'm putting on shows. I want you know a million dollars per fight or whatever he wants. And um, whereas Ferguson, I think he just wants to right that wrong get his pride back get back in the win column um, and, and do something like that and another person we haven't mentioned yet is Paul Felder who, mm. who could be in the mix as well because I haven't heard much from him and he's still one of the top guys but I, I do expect Ferguson to be happy to fight anyone at this point I think he's an animal and he's going to want to he's going to want to do that yeah, I agree. And that's why we love Tony Ferguson so much, because he will do shit like that. Um, but there's one last thing in the news that I've got, and then maybe we'll wrap it up after that. Uh, Tiara Santos out of his fight against Glover Teixeira on Fight Island. I think it was him that tested Pollard's positive the last time this fight was booked. I could be wrong, but it may have been him. Uh, so this is the second time he's tested positive for COVID-19. Fight's off. They don't know if they're going to rebook it. Do you think the UFC rebooks it, or do you think they go a different route? If they book that other light heavyweight fight four or five times, I'm sure they'll be happy to book this another time. Um, yeah, I, I think it was Glover last time, okay. Thiago this time. It seems to be a lot of Brazilians seem to get it. It must be bad in Brazil because I know Johnny Walker said he had it as well. So um, it's just one of them things. It, it doesn't seem to be derailing too much. It's it's better to get this call now, um, you know, get something like this now rather than the day before the fight when they can't really do much to fix it. So, it's a shame they might push it back. They might give Glover a new opponent. Um, but yeah, it. I'm. I'm. I think they'll want to book this because this is pretty much a number one contender fight. I think. Yeah, I think. I think the winner of this gets a title shot. So they'll be happy to push this back a little bit more. Yeah, and well, I, I hope to see it because I'm a big fan of Tiago Santos as well, and I like Glover Shira, and I thought that was a good fight. I thought that was the fight that made the most sense as well because who else you even got there? You got Jerry Prochaska weighing in the wings somewhere. Aside from that, I can't even think of... Oh, Rakic. Rakic is the other one. So maybe they... Um, I don't know. Maybe they do Teixeira Rakic or something. But otherwise, there's not a lot out there. This is the fight that needs to happen. And then the winner will get the title shot, like you said. 
unless one of them guys wants to step up on three weeks notice and take that is it even three weeks? It might even be two weeks. A couple of weeks notice and take that opportunity. Against Skirmish, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's not going to happen. So unless a top guy comes in, I don't think Glover's going to be interested. Because if Glover beats anyone other than Rakic or Proshchaska, I don't think he's going to get a title shot. So he's, he needs one of them two guys, really. Yeah, I agree. And hopefully we see something because it's always fun watching Chishera fight. Um, but with that, I don't have any other news. Is there anything else you've got? We haven't spoke about the Conor McGregor stuff yet, have we? Yeah, we spoke about that on Monday. Is it rest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We brought it up. Did we speak well, about it? We didn't speak about the Facebook post or nothing, though, if you want to talk about that. It's just an in- it's just an interesting. He always seems to get himself into trouble, and then um, obviously he's denying it this time. So mm-hmm. it's it's. I just didn't think we talked about it. But if we spoke about it, that's cool. Hopefully he's, he's able to get all that stuff sorted out, and we can... Um, See him back in the cage, mm. unretired from his semi-retirement or whatever's <laughs> going on right now. So, um, yeah, can't wait for that. His comments on Facebook were very concerning, very weird. Um, sorry, the, it was originally the Twitter comments first that really sparked off the whole media circus going around it. Um, but then it was the Facebook post put up. It's very weird of him to post because it's like breaking his character almost. He's, he's been like this silent figure, hasn't really... When he's had allegations like this in the past, he just hasn't really said anything to let it go. Uh, whereas with this one, he's really taken offense to it and he's kind of privately, not publicly, but he's kind of speaking out and trying to share his defense, right? Um, which is odd. I don't know if that makes him more guilty or less guilty. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, that was a private Facebook post. So it's like, um, that's the real him. That's, I'm not even sure it, how much of control he has over these um, blue tick twitters and things like that. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that's from him. Obviously, if if these things keep popping up and he feels like the world's against them, you know, that's the only way he can vent himself. So hopefully, you know, um, he's, his family around him and he's doing all right. And, you know, the, he gets the justice worked its way out one way or the other. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up everything I had. So thanks for watching, guys, and we will speak to you after the fights to break down all the action. Cheers.